You're listening to the Eyes on Conservation podcast, episode 155. Welcome to the Eyes on Conservation podcast, where we bring you engaging conversations about wildlife and conservation from all across the globe. I'm your host, Matt Podolsky. Today, we are welcoming back our guest from episode 92 of the show, Nate Dappen. Nate is a filmmaker focused on telling stories about science and conservation, and he has a new film just released this week called The Passage. The Passage is a bit of a departure from Nate's typical storytelling style. It's a deeply personal story focused on the importance of family, and it explores what it's like for him to watch his parents age. I'd encourage you to check the film out. It will add a lot of interesting context to today's conversation, and we've shared the link to view the the full film on the show notes page for this episode, which you'll find at wildlensinc.org slash eoc155. I personally was able to relate a lot to the stories that Nate was telling about his journey uh, putting this film together, since I also experimented with a personal style of storytelling uh, in my short film, On the Trail, which was about uh, a through-hike of Vermont's long trail that I completed with my mom a few years back. If you didn't get a chance to see this film when we released it, uh, I'd encourage you to check it out as well. We'll share the link to that one on the show notes page also. Yeah, my name is Nate Daffin, and I, I run a small production company called Day's Edge Productions uh, with my business partner, Neil Lawson, where we specialize in, in telling stories mostly about science, nature, and, and outdoor adventure. Awesome. So you recently completed this film, which is a very personal story uh, for you. Uh, I mean, tell, tell us a little bit about this project and, and where the idea came from. Yeah, I... I feel like, you know, most of the projects, most of our clients were telling stories about other people. So it's kind of unique to get to tell a story that's that's pretty personal. Um, and this is one of those stories that as a filmmaker, I, I sort of almost is, as soon as I became a filmmaker, I, I really start. I kind of wanted to tell this story, but didn't have the skills to do it. Um, Essentially, the story revolves around a canoe trip that my parents took in 1974. So in, in 1974, when they, were, when they were 20, they built their own canoes and um, became some of the first people to canoe the, most of the Inland Passage from Washington to Alaska. Um, and it, you know, it was a really formative trip for them. And it was a story that I grew up hearing a lot. I grew up with the, with the canoes, spent a lot of time you know, in the Virginia rivers um, beating them up. And it was always pretty cool to, you know, looking at those canoes and knowing that your parents built it and hearing these stories, I think probably had a pretty profound impact on on uh, some of the life choices that, that, you know, that my brother and I made. And um, 
this last year we had the opportunity to fix the boats and return to the inside passage and and complete the original trip that they that they wanted that they originally planned to do um and uh it was pretty rad so we went back with my uncle Andy and my dad and and my, and my brother and I and and um we didn't get to do the whole trip with them just because my brother and I both both have a lot of responsibilities but but my dad and Andy spent about four weeks on the water. We spent about two weeks with them. And so we turned the film, we've, you know, we turned the story into a film about sort of about my relationship with my parents and about the relationships that the stories that parents tell their kids have on who we end up becoming um, as, you know, as, as their as their children. It's a great story. And it's it's definitely neat to have that opportunity to, as you said, sort of like turn the camera on yourself. It's tough to do. Right. I mean, I've I've experimented with that approach on on only one film and, and a, a much shorter piece than than what you put together is like a 15 minute film that I made um, that was just kind of an experiment in like that that style and, you know, making a film about myself. And it's it's challenging, man. I mean, it's hard to like it's hard to watch yourself. I mean, that you know, it's like it's hard to think about, like how to set up shots. You know, you're used to being the person behind the camera and now all of a sudden you're 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 trying to do both, you know. Um, and then of course, like once you're in the editing room, it's like even more difficult. You got to listen to your own voice and you got to like figure out what you got to figure out what a powerful story is going to be for somebody else. And it's really hard to like get that distance from it. Right. I mean, so maybe you can just talk a little bit about like what that was like for you. Neil and I have turned the camera on ourselves a handful of times. You know, we just completed, uh, you know, an hour for the Smithsonian channel about lizards where we're, we're the two main characters, so I think we're used to being in front of the camera, but much more as scientists. You know, we, you know, we're, we're, our, our, our start was as scientists. And so we got our, you know, we got our start in the industry sort of being on camera before we started making the films ourselves. And um, so that that's comfortable. But but then there's a different side of it when it's really a personal story, I think. And you're so right. It's very difficult to know what's interesting to other people. I, I know I know what's interesting to me. You know, when I, when I was going through the interviews that I that I shot with with my family, uh, everything sounded interesting. Of course, I, I didn't know that. Oh, I can't believe that happened. That wasn't part of the original story that I heard, or I, I missed that, or that nuance that you know became important to me when I had kids, or you know, all these different things. And so I, I think it's hard to balance that and. You know, I don't think that I, you know, I don't think I succeeded 100 percent, but I think uh, I had a lot of help from my business partner, Neil. Um, I, I don't think I could have done the film. I don't think it could have been as good as it is without his help. He, he really helped me refine that. And we wrote the script together. So it was really useful having a, a third party look on and say, hey, Nate, nobody cares about that <laughs> except for you. Um, but that's that, you know, and, and I'm sure that there's more in there than could be. It was there were some darlings that I couldn't kill. Um, for this story. Um, and that's, that's definitely a challenge. And then, then the other challenge was actually shooting the project. So I'm a main character in the film and a lot of it is this really remote expedition style filming with three other people who've never shot any video before. So I really didn't get a lot of footage of myself during the expedition. Um, which is why kind of we had to use narration to, 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 to tell most of the story. Um, but you know, I, I will say, I, I've taken several breaks from it and come back to it, and 
Definitely not the whole thing. I think I missed the mark in a few places, but there are a few places that I think resonate with people. Um, you know, I think if you've got a parent who you respect and love, I think we all know we all know what it's like to watch them get older, and, and that's that's sort of the core one of the core themes that I tried to make in the film. And um, so, yeah. For my perspective, you definitely succeeded in that. I mean, uh, you know, when you're making when you're telling a story like this, right? It's it's like it's this balancing act of like. You know, you want to show how distinct this experience was, but you also want people to like to see pieces of that experience and for it to resonate with them. It's like there has to be uh, a sense of connecting with that experience, right? Of Like, oh, I've gone through something similar, even though it's, you know, even though you've never canoed the inside passage. Right. And um, that's that was like the common piece where it's like when when you were touching on that of like that experience and what it's like to like watch your parents get older and but also to like have that experience with family. It was yeah, I mean, it was it was powerful. Well, I think another another big thing, and I I think that you're so right, you know, anybody, all of us have read books before where, you know, they write something that that you just say, Oh, like that's exactly how it felt. Like I know, I know exactly what they mean. And it's really interesting. It's so, it's so hard to play that balancing act between, um, telling a story that resonates with an audience and telling a story that's commonplace. And those two are so similar. And and the line is so fine that distinguishes the two of those. I think that's as storytellers, it's really hard to know where that line is. And the other thing, you know, I, I don't think that the film is really about the canoe trip, right? It, the film is about experiences that are coming-of-age experiences, which this canoe trip was for my parents. It's about growing up and your perspective changing. And I think that all those things are things that we all understand and we experience them all through different ways. In this case, it's through a, a canoe trip. But, you know, everybody has their own story that I think is similar to this in in, in theme. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean... The little film that I made uh, a couple of years back, it's, uh, as I was watching your film, I mean, I just I kept thinking about this experience that I went through that I kind of tried to document of through hiking the long trail um, with my mom um, after my dad had um, had passed. And yeah, it's it's I mean, it's like such a different experience, right? Like the reasons we did it were different and like the experience itself was different. There was no like past thing to like reference in the, in the same way, you know, but yeah. just like touching on those themes of like watching your parents age and like, you know, seeing that. And it's, it, it definitely like definitely hit home. I'd love to see that. If you, if you, uh, is it online? Can you watch yeah, it yeah, online? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I'd love, love for you to send that to me. It yeah. sounds, sounds fascinating. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll share the link with you for sure. One of the things that, that I think is really interesting about telling a story like this and going through that experience is it forces you to sit down and have a conversation with people that you know really well in a very different context, you know? And you find yourself asking questions of these people that you know better than anybody else on the planet, right? And they're telling you things that you've never heard before, you know? And it's like... Uh, that that is that's really amazing to me and like i you know clearly you had that experience because you you sort of touched on that like i i mean are there like a few things that that stand out in your memory of like i can't believe that 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 you did that right or that you went through that experience and how did i not know about that you know yeah well there are a handful of things that you don't think about when you're a kid and you hear stories so one of them 
you know, in my mind, I'm just thinking about my parents doing this cool trip. But then one of the stories that came out was this story about my grandma um, and my grandma's perspective as she's watching her kids go off on this trip where they've literally gotten dozens of letters, dozens of letters where all of them tell them that they're going to die. Every single letter told them they're not going to make it. Don't do it. Sell the canoes, leave it. And um, so I'd never heard this story about my grandma who um, she originally tried to sort of calmly talk them out of it. My dad and Andy were pretty, pretty adamant that they were going to go. So she was really supportive about it. And there's this great story about my grandma, um, you know, taking them, dropping them off onto the ferry. And then years later, writing a letter to, you know, to, to friends about how when she dropped them off, and she watched them sort of paddle off. She thought that, you know, that was the last time she was going to see her kids again. So that, that to me, I was like, God, you know, and, and, um, of course I didn't have kids before I started the film, but now I, now I'm, I'm a, I'm a father of a really young infant. Um, you know, all those cliche things that people tell you about worrying, thinking about those kinds of things, you just never think about that kind of stuff when you're younger. So that was one of them. Then, you know, apparently I was told that they finished the Inland Passage my whole life. I sort of thought that they had finished the, the trip. And um, I found out during during this process that they actually sort of there was there was kind of a mutiny um, you know, <laughs> when they when they arrived in Ketchikan, you know, the trip was really my dad and Andy's. That was their dream. And my mom was, you know, she was dating my dad at the time and she was excited about going on the trip. But but, I, you know, it wasn't it wasn't her adventure. She went on the adventure, but but she wasn't sort of one of the captains. And um Andy clearly, when you look at his journals, he wanted to go go on, and I think he was pretty upset that nobody wanted to continue on. And so, my dad kind of at that stage had to choose between you know leaving with my mom and 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 sticking on that path. She was a very very headstrong, um, determined woman uh, in Wellesley College. You know, she knew exactly what she wanted to do, and so he 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 left the canoe trip to go to go with her when they got to Ketchikan after about 800 miles. And uh, Andy stuck around for a little while paddling around, but they lost the critical mass they needed to continue on. And so that was um, that was another thing that I that I learned um, on, on that trip. So about the trip, there, there are lots of little things, of course. And um, I think the other thing that you brought up that I thought was a really interesting experience for me was talking with my parents about things that are a little sensitive, like like them getting older and their perspectives on it. And, you know, it's interesting, I think. People don't talk a lot about – I think that all of us re- realize we're getting older, but people don't think explicitly about it ever mm-hmm. unless they're being interviewed about it. Yep. And it was interesting watching my parents and interviewing my parents about it um, answer those questions as if you know they thought about it, but they never really thought about it explicitly. And it was actually very difficult for me to do. It was hard hard to ask those questions. I felt very uncomfortable um, doing it. Um, and it was even more uncomfortable in certain parts having my dad watch the rough cut of the film. I, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like watching him. I didn't like watching him watch me talk about him getting older. Um, but, but that's life, right? That's mm-hmm. what happens to everybody. Um, so that was really an interesting experience for me. Uh, I think I, I learned a lot as an interviewer, interviewing people who were close to me. Yeah. I, I mean, I went through a very similar experience and I mean, I, I think, I mean, I think it can be therapeutic, you know, uh, to a certain extent. And I mean, I had when I was working on this little film, it's like I I wanted to like I felt like I needed to explain that my mom and I were undertaking this trip as sort of like a way to get past my father's death. And so, like, I had to ask her about that, you know, and it was like one of the most difficult things 
that I've ever done, you know. Um, and, but I think, it, like, she talks a lot about how therapeutic that, that trip was. But I think the fact that I forced her to, like, to say what it was about, I think, helped as well, you know. And uh, I, I don't know, like, I, I'm sure there's, it's, it's similar in a certain sense to like, you know, because you're seeing that, right? And then, and you're, you're forcing your parents to like, you know, express this thing that um, is, is difficult to talk about, you know? Yeah, and I'm, it sounds like, um, you know, for you, I wonder, it's, I feel like it's, it's rare to see our parents um, vulnerable, because us because they're they're in that parenting role you know they they they're strong for us and all those all those kinds of things and so i you know i'm i'm, I'm sure it was it was unique for you to I, I i imagine you know your your situation sounds significantly more intense than mine but i i i imagine in in some similar ways you, you probably got to know your mom a little bit better through that and i certainly did with my parents as well yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things I really liked about your film is like realistically this this journey canoeing the inside passage. I mean, that is it's it's an unbelievable feat, you know, <laughs> you know. It is this like extreme adventure. I mean, it's not like super extreme, right? But I mean, it it's 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 remarkable and it's not something that that, you know, most people would even think about doing, right? But you make it feel like something anybody could just pick up and do, you know? And like, and like you see, you see you guys just like enjoying the experience of it. And you talk about just like, you know, really what this is about is just getting outside and, uh, uh, developing that appreciation for the natural world, you know? Yeah. And I, for those who haven't watched the film, it's definitely not like a Red Bull, you know. Uh, <laughs> right, extreme sports, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, like I said, it's not really about the canoe trip. And, and I, I think, you know, for anybody who's done long trips before, it's not hard to do the long trips. It's just a grind, right? It's, mm-hmm. like, it's like running a marathon. You go slow. It's like running a marathon when you're not competing with, you know, it's like you just, it's like walking a marathon. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, you do a certain distance every day. It's um, it's mostly just enjoyable. You know, you're not really aching. You're not really in pain. You're just sort of paddling and a lot of time to think. One of the really interesting things, and I wish I – I really wanted to work this into the film somehow. It just didn't fit. And the film's already a little slow, you know, because it's, it's long and it's supposed to be watched on the web. You know, it, I, I, if, if this was a, a longer film for, for captive audiences, I would have I um, added this in. But, you know, one of the things that happens when you're out in – in these on these longer trips with people it's crazy how 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 life slows down so much everything revolves around food mm-hmm. staying warm and 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 then you know filling those gaps with time and so there's these really long comfortable silences and then just conversations that last for hours that are about nothing and everything and you know you know i i realized on that trip that i hadn't had conversations like that with my family members since I was a child, because we see each other, we've got two hours to hang out. It's Thanksgiving, you know, everything's rushing around. We haven't caught up. What are you doing? What are you doing? We just, that, that part of human existence is gone from a lot of modern society. And, um, I, you know, it's just such a, um, a rare thing for most of us these days to get that kind of time with the people we love. So 
man, it, yeah, if you can do tr- longer trips like that, not five days, but you know, 10 days or longer, they're, they really change the, the kind of interactions you have with people. Yeah, it's, that is so true. And I mean, it's, uh, as, as I'm sure you can imagine, it's, it's the same thing, like on a long distance hike, right? Um, it's, uh, it gives you that same sort of space and, and allows you to like disconnect and, um, and it's, the other thing I, I think is it, it simplifies your thought process, right? It's like you wake up every morning and, all you have to worry about is how you're going to get from point A to point B. You know, like there's no other confusion. There's nothing, there's no like, oh, emails or like, oh, this responsibility or whatever. It's like all that, that's still there, of course, but it's all like put on hold. You know, it's like, all you got to think about is how am I going to get to this next camp spot? You know? And of course food, you're always thinking about what you're going to eat next. Right. But, um, yeah, it's cool. It takes a few days to get into that zone, doesn't it? But but um, mm-hmm. but once once you're in the zone and, and you and you and you've uh, accepted that you can't check emails, it feels pretty good. Yeah, 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 for sure. No, I, I I hope I hope I hope I get to have a lot more of those experiences. It seems like they get harder and harder as life as life continues to take those longer trips. But I really want to make an effort to to do those kinds of trips with uh, you know with my family and friends because they they can't be replaced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you're a father now. I mean, this is revealed in in the the, the film itself. Um, but I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to remember like the dates that that it said in the film. Like, did you know that your wife was pregnant when you like left to go on this trip? Yeah, so I found out about a week before I left, like maybe, <laughs> right. like, maybe like maybe like ten days before I left or something yeah. like that. Um, so I was pretty stoked about it, you know, and. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was reflecting a lot on that kind of stuff as as the trip was going on, um, for sure. Yeah, so so she got pregnant, you know, uh, sometime in in May, and then we had our we had our daughter in January of this year. So, um, she, yeah, so so now Juniper's like four months old. Um, so so yeah, I you know it, I think that added a whole other element to the story because originally it was you know about about my parents and I, and and now it's it's more, more, more about, about legacy and, 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 um, you know, how, how, um, identities are transferred through generations by, by stories. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's heavy, man, to be like going on this, this journey that's like all about family and like connecting with, with your dad and like your brother and your uncle and to like know, to find out like a week before you undertake this to like, Oh my God, I'm going to be a dad too. Right. (laughs) Um, It's cool. Yeah. It was pretty all-consuming. I had, to, I had to work hard to sort of get that out of my head to really focus on on, on the story, the story at hand, um, and 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 to figure out how to not make that be a bigger part of the story than it should have been. Sure. I can tell you about filming and going on a going on a long trip like that and filming is is a challenge technically. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. What what, what did you have to? What did you do to sort of prepare for that? Well, my uncle. So my uncle was hesitant about the filming. He okay. he he was he really wanted the trip to be about connecting, you know, and and about really, you know, we go into this a little bit in the film, but but him and my dad were best friends really up until this trip, and then um, you know when when the trip ended, 
they they still did adventures, you know, throughout their adult life, but it was more like two weeks a week here, you know. It wasn't the same. They weren't they weren't the same kind of relationship. You know, my my dad got married. Um, you know, this is like before their career started. So you know, they they at the very beginning of their careers was right at the end of this. They both got married right afterwards, and they basically had this break for forty three years where, you know, they. They spent a lot more time with their wives and kids than with each other, and now they're at the end of their careers coming back. And so Andy really was adamant about making sure that the trip was about brothers, and you know. But I, I told them, you know, you're gonna you're gonna like it. Trust me. Um, so I brought I brought quite, a including a lot of batteries because so we were out there for like I think it was like I don't know it was like more than two weeks. Um, of filming, you know, and so solar, we, I, I brought some solar stuff, but it's not excellent mm-hmm. in the, the Pacific Northwest where it's raining all the time. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so you had to be really selective. So, you know, I was, I was like dreaming about really filming a bunch of wildlife, but I brought like seven cameras and basically I, I, and, and for each one, as many batteries as I had. So I think I had like, I don't know, like 50 batteries for a, a bunch of different cameras. And so as soon as I, you know, I, I, I'd save a certain camera for like, I'm only going to use this for interviews, but I literally finished the last battery on the last day of my last camera. So, you know, I went through my FS5, my Sony FS5, finished the battery, went through my DJI Osmo, finished the batteries, went through the Mavic, finished the batteries, went through the GoPro, finished the GoPro. And then I had my, my, you know, my A7S, my Sony A7S, and then finished that like two days before and then I had a, an, an SLR, a digital SLR and I finished that last battery the last day. So it's really a hodgepodge of footage from lots of different cameras, which was kind of a nightmare in the editing room, but, but, uh, it ended up working out. Um, and it was hard to keep everything dry. It was a wet, wet trip. Everything was raining all the time. And, and, um, so, you know, we were under umbrellas all the time and, uh, <laughs> it was, it was definitely a different filming experience than, and on a boat, you know, boats are great for photography, but filming anything on a boat is difficult because it's constantly moving. It's hard to keep the horizon there. Um, yeah, it was it was a, it was a, it was a major challenge filming filming and, and keeping moving throughout the whole time. And I, I definitely slowed us down quite a bit. I think by the end, people wanted me to put the cameras away. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's always something you got to deal with, right? Especially on a trip like that. Like, all right, we got to keep going, you know, like stop yeah. messing around with the camera. Yeah. Um, and I mean, so all, all that, all, I mean, all that gear must have fit inside that canoe, huh? Yeah. Well, these days everything's so lightweight, you know, all the cameras are small. We had a little feather jib and a mm-hmm. carbon fiber slider. Um, and you know, you, you can do the Mavic fits in your hand, you know, it's right. just a pretty powerful little drone that I brought four batteries with me and I got, you know, enough, enough aerial footage of the passage. I, I would have preferred to bring the big thing, you know, our bigger drone, but mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So I, I only, I think, I think I, I got it down to about 150 pounds a year, which is pretty small for a, for a big for a big shoot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, <laughs> it was it was a, it was fun, fun to try to like you know think about your batteries every day and anytime the sun's out, pull out the solar chargers and right. batteries charged and it was it was yeah it was fun. Yeah, yeah. It, I, um, I mean the the little film I shot on the long trail was. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it originally it was I wasn't even sure what what I was going to do with it or if, if I would even turn it into a film. It was just kind of like an experiment. When you're doing a long distance backpacking trip, it's like the amount of weight you have to carry dictates how much fun you have on the trip. 
<laughs> right? If you're carrying if you're carrying forty pounds or more, like you're pretty much not going to have fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you know, and I mean, it's it's one thing if it's like you know, uh, uh, I don't know, a week or ten days or less, you know. But like, if you're going to be out there for a month. Um, you know, it's like, so my mom and I, we tried to get our, like our base weight, the weight we were carrying on our, on our backs without food and water to 15 pounds or less. Um, and so, and so that meant that I took one camera with a single prime lens and I shot the entire film, um, with, with that. What, what, what was the, what was the millimeter? Uh, it was a, a 20, so it was a, but it's a micro four thirds. So it's basically like a normal lens, yeah. you know, like the equivalent of a 40 millimeter, um, fixed prime, um, on my Panasonic GH3, um, uh, which was one of my main cameras at that time, a few years back. Um, and it was an interesting process. I mean, I shot some, like I shot interviews and stuff like after the fact using different gear and all that, but you know, what I took with me. And so it was that it was, it was my panasonic gh3 with a 20 millimeter lens and then a little um a little zoom h1 um, and, and a lavalier to record audio you're a minimalist very disciplined yeah. that was it <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy I, I mean i was not like that i brought all my lenses so i mean obviously hiking is profoundly different right than- if you're on a boat it's like yeah you yeah. can splurge a little bit right i mean to a well, certain extent we were definitely slowed down, and if you look at some of the aerial shots, you can see my brother in my boat. It's about about a half a foot deeper in the water <laughs> than my, right. my dad and Andy's. We were we were a lot heavier than they were. Right. And you know, for us, they, they have these massive tide shifts. Um, you know, often like like fifteen, sixteen feet mm. tide shifts that were happening in in there. And so, you know, if you were you know, no matter what, you basically had to, if you were arriving at camp at low tide, which we were for at least half the, you know, part of the trip, you had to walk up like, you know, you know, uh, it was like a quarter mile from where the tide would go out up through slippery walk, rocks carrying these heavy bags. So everyone resented me by the end of the trip with, with all the gear. Um, cause unlike the food bit barrels, they don't, it doesn't get lighter. Empty <laughs> <laughs> batteries are just as heavy. So uh, Yeah. yeah. And you know what I think? I think that there's something to that. I, I I find one of my one of my challenges with all filmmaking is I'm I'm kind of a gear nut. I both both Neil and I are gear nut gear nuts. We we love having all the toys, but the problem is is that you get in these situations and you wonder you you always feel like you're making the wrong decision about what tool to use to capture a scene. Mm-hmm. And I, I man, on a trip like this where everything's packed away because everything's raining all the time, I I've got to tell you there was there was more anxiety. Than I would have liked to <laughs> about whether I had the right setup. You know, there are whale. There were so I, I I can't believe how little whale footage I got, considering how many whales we saw. Humpback whales every day breaching all around wow. us. It was it was just the the abundance out there was ridiculous. But I I never had the right camera out. You know, I I I think I got some good footage, but but I, I you know if I if I was just sitting in one place dedicated to filming wildlife. It would have been a pretty ridiculous trip, mm-hmm. wildlife-wise. Yeah, I mean, you have that one shot in there, which I think, you know, is is powerful because you see that humpback whale breaching and hitting the water, and then you're able, to, you just pan across, um, you know, to I guess that was your brother in, in, yeah. in the boat just to see his expression, like, 
holy shit, like, that was yeah. awesome, right? I mean, that captures, like, that emotion, seeing that of, like, because you don't you don't realize initially, like, initially it just looks like this amazing, you know, that could be in any, uh, like, blue chip, you know, like, wildlife dock, like, that slow motion shot of the humpback whale, um, and then it's just like, oh, you realize it's handheld, and then you're like, oh, look at that, you're just, like, sitting in the boat, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, so it- so you know, so what I what I did was, um, on, whenever it was good weather, I I built a mount on the canoe for okay. um, for a for a, that I could with a hundred millimeter bowl in it. So I always basically whenever it was sunny, I had this. I had, I had like one of those Cartoni Focus HD um, pan tilt heads mm-hmm. with FS five and a long lens on it. So I, I was waiting for that for that you know. That moment that well, I wasn't thinking about getting my brother in it, mm-hmm. but um, when when that one it just jumped so close that that was a that lens was a I think it was like a 24 millimeter lens on a you know on a you know on a, on a full frame sensor so it was I was it was close to the boat like the right. boat up down when that happened yeah. um, so I was pretty stoked about that, about that when that happened it was it was pretty fun but you know so in 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 the canoe in the in the trip you also see a bear swimming across the water mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, we had we had a bear coming through camp, and it was pouring, and I I was trying to get all of our gear out. It was basically in the canoes, rummaging through our canoes for some stuff, and I wanted to I wanted it to film it so badly, but I just couldn't get all my gear out in time. Um, you know, and the gear I did get out ended up getting soaked, and I had to put it in with silicone in, in another bag for a few days. But yeah, wildlife footage is hard to get when you're on the move. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tricky balance, you know, trying to shoot stuff like that, and and you know, it's when you're a part of that experience, it's like you you always have to weigh like what's the importance of the the like public story I'm putting out versus like while also ensuring that you can have the experience too, right? That that you're experiencing that and you're enjoying it and you're able to like in the moment you know, appreciate what's going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, the good thing is that in Alaska in the summer, your days are about 20 hours long. Mm. So (laughs) there's enough time to paddle, to talk and to film. (laughs) That's true. I didn't, I didn't think about that actually, but that's, uh, short nights, right? Yeah, it was, it was short nights. No, I, I, uh, I'm glad to see this film off my plate, but it, it is fun going. It has been fun going through the footage and remembering how how much how much how much fun the trip was. You know, I think trips like that, and I'm sure it was like this on your on your hike. They blend the days blend into one another because there's there's such a similarity in the activities you do every day. It's just paddling, talking, watching, silence, and it all turns into one thing. And so um, it's nice nice having a, a record of it like this um, that, you know, we'll be able to look back on in the future uh, and, and, and remember how fun the trip was. That's totally true. I mean, that's something that I recognized early on when I first got into filmmaking of how just watching a little clip, you know, of footage just triggers like a whole flood of memories, you know? And I mean, I remember shooting, you know, I was shooting for my first film project when I was like getting into filmmaking and like teaching myself you know, I just, I would shoot so much stuff that just was totally irrelevant to like, you know, the story I was trying to tell, because I was just trying to like figure it out, you know, but it's so amazing to like go back through that footage. Like I just, I wouldn't like my memory of those events wouldn't 
be nearly as clear or it wouldn't be as accessible or like the, you know, understanding like the sequence of like how it actually went down. You know, it's, it's just amazing how like watching one little clip can like put you back in that place and help you remember things that you almost certainly wouldn't remember without that, you know? You know, that's true. And, um, but the, but you know, I, I do find, and I, I think most of us who work on, on films and, and do photography, talk i've had this conversation with a lot of people you know i think we we form a lot of our memories based on photographs and 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 footage that might not even be memories we really have (laughs) you know and Uh when i go back and and watch you know a few films that we've worked on including this one you know this story is a curated version of of our experience Mm -hmm. right with with very distinct themes that underlie the story of the adventure and that's not the reality of the experience. That's the story we tell ourselves about what happened rather than the story itself. And I think that in, in that way, films are manipulative in a certain way and they shape, they shape our, our memory and our, 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 you know, our ideas about, about, about our past. Certainly, I, my first memories are memories from photographs. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's stories around those photographs that my parents have told me. So I don't know what my first memories really are. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that it's interesting that way. Um, but you're right. They do have that. And there's something about old photos and footage that, that, that are just very – I can't quite put my finger on it. You know, you just look at it and you're like, oh. That was uh, a long time ago, and there's grain in the footage. There's yeah, there's I, there's something something about it. I can't quite get my footage off. That was actually one of my favorite things about working on this project was going through all of my my parents' old photos and you know photos and, and footage of my brother and I as a kid. And um, like you said, I, I brought back very a ton of memories, you know, a ton of memories and and stories that, that I had completely forgotten about. Um, so that that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Seeing your parents when they're young in photographs is pretty weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I I like how you put that, right? I mean, how the way you um, phrased that, I think, was was really cool. How it's like a curated version of what actually happened, you know? Um, And it's almost like like for you and I and and other folks that are like the storytellers, like that, we have that responsibility of curating it. Right. And it's almost like we're saying, like, this is my version of the story. This is how it looks in my head. And, you know, and and this is what we want, like, everybody else to see it. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like maybe I don't know, maybe that it like maybe adds a little bit of like weight of responsibility, especially for I mean, you you made a comment about the, the sort of weight of the moment when you had your dad watch um, a rough cut. And I remember going through that, having my mom watch um, watch my film as well. It's like that's the most important audience, right? Because it's like you're taking that experience that was something you went through together and like spitting out what your version of it, you know? Right. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I, I was very nervous while having him watch the film. I, I haven't been that nervous, I don't know, since when, since so long. It's been a long time since I was that nervous. Um yeah. Yeah. And, you know, even even trying to tell they told me, you know, in, through interviews and obviously I've been hearing their stories for a long time. They told me their version of the story, but I wanted to make sure that I got it at least right enough that that did, did justice to the way they remembered it. But I think I think that 
all of us curate our own stories. You know, storytellers who do it for a profession, we, you know, we, our responsibility is to entertain for the most part and tell stories that, that audiences can watch, have fun watching, you know, think about things in a new way. But I think all of us, like that, that is what we do. We tell stories about our life. We curate our life to tell ourselves the stories usually that we want. Oftentimes, some people don't. Some people curate it in a bad way, you know, and, and I think that they're, they're not as happy because of that. But I think that I think that that is what we do throughout our lives all the time. Even before Facebook and Instagram, that's that's we don't really remember the experiences that we have. We remember the stories we tell about those experiences. Um, and that that's that's who we are. We're the story we tell about ourselves um, in our minds. Uh, we're not really the experience that we have in life. Um, so I think it's really interesting and, and that's why I think stories are so powerful and they resonate with people so much um, and, and are so important to all of us is because that's that's the role they play. They, they shape who we are um, and they and they shape who our kids are and who our friends are by by affiliation. Um, and so so that, yeah, it's it's very interesting, I think, to think, you know, the, the more you think about it, the 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 more you realize that. <laughs> we've been telling ourselves stories about ourselves that might not necessarily be true, but it doesn't really matter because I don't think we really can be just what our experiences make us. I think we have to tell ourselves stories about those experiences to understand them and put them in perspective. I couldn't agree more. I, I, I can imagine, right, that, that it's cool for you now that you are a father, right? Um, and you just went through this experience of like sort of uh, reliving all these childhood memories by looking at these you know old photographs it's like your daughter will be able to when she's a little bit older she'll be able to watch this film you know and like just directly absorb like that experience in in like a more comprehensive way it's just it's interesting to think about like you talked about how um you know there's there's like an aesthetic to those old like grainy like the grain of those photographs that like makes you nostalgic and it's just it's interesting to think about like our kids and how they'll think about the content that we're producing, like the images that we're capturing now in in a similar way. Right. I'm, I'm so curious about that. Um, I, I would I, I have no idea what it's going to look like when they're our age. You know, if you know the next generation, not the next generation, but many generations of filmmakers down. Like if if our kids were to become filmmakers, not not that I, I'm, I'm I'm you know gunning for that or anything like anything like that, but it, I just I have no idea what what the medium is going to be. I, I I'll tell you, I genuinely don't think it's going to change. I, I very much. I think I think it's still going to be flat. We're, we're experimenting with all these other things, VR and 3D and you know, photographs, they, they, they used to have a little bit of grain on them, but they haven't changed that much. You know, and same with video. Video's been around forever. I just think it's going to be around. I think it's going to be tough to replace. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder what the quality will be. But There's uh, going to be a look to it, though, right? I mean, it's like there's something's going to change in, like, the look, and it's going to be because, you know, I mean, you look back and you can, you know, especially, like, you and I who, like, work with imagery, professionally and spend a lot of time looking at it. But I think that's even, even for folks that, that don't do that. It's like, you can look at a photo and be like, that was shot in the seventies, you know? And like, maybe you're, you're not always going to be right, you know, but, um, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it's, well, it's interesting to think about the perception that our kids will have like 10, 20 years down the road, you know? 
Well, I think I think one of the big differences right now is that back in the day, um, you know, I think they were they were pushing the limits of what they could do. Nowadays, the quality of our imagery is so much higher than what we can watch it in as is that we're we're actively trying to make it look old or add grain to it. You know, you know, the footage that's coming out of these higher end cameras are so good that that we have to manipulate them to make them look less good in order to evoke the emotions that we want in our audiences. I mean, that's if you're shooting on like 8K with a red, you're gonna need to manipulate it a little bit if you wanna make it feel raw and, you know, anyway. How can folks watch the film? When will it be uh, out and available? The, the film will be released the week of Father's Day. It'll be free online. People can watch it on YouTube, on outside TV. A variety of other venues are gonna share it, um, but it'll be, it'll be, uh, the best place to look for it is if you go to the Days Edge Facebook page. So Days Edge Productions, D A Y apostrophe S Edge Productions, and uh, you know we'll be posting about it, um, posting about it there, and you'll be able to, to watch the whole thing online. Awesome, yeah, and we'll definitely share we'll share that link on the show notes page for this episode, so folks can um, easily can easily find your Facebook page and easily find the link to watch the film. Thanks, Matt. It's been fun. I I really appreciate having the chance to talk with you about it. All right. That was our conversation with Nate Dappen from Day's Edge Productions. Again, if you haven't watched his new film, The Passage, I'd strongly encourage you to do so. You can find the link to watch it for free online on the show notes page for this episode, which you'll find at wildlensinc.org slash EOC155. My fellow co-host, Catherine, along with myself, will both be back next week for a very special episode of the show in which we'll be announcing some exciting new developments uh, on the podcast front. So don't miss it. Today's episode was produced by myself, your co-host, Matt Podolsky. Our theme music is by The Humidors. <laughs>